Welcome back to another episode of Sports Medicine on Tap. My name is Brandon Lyon. I'm sitting here at Neck of the Woods Brewing Company. A full Tuesday evening here. We're sitting across the table with Dr. Frey and our lovely return guest, Dr. Bernardini. How are we doing tonight, gentlemen? Fan freaking tastic. Doing great. <laughs> great as we can, right? Yeah, yeah with the you well, know as a, Super Bowl as, as a outcome. Philly. Philly fans, or at least I know tough, tough tough year. Steelers guy, but I am a Steelers guy, but I felt it, man. Yeah. It, was, it, yeah, it wasn't good. It was a tough one. It's been a tough, tough year for championship uh, tough games. Man. So it, the stat is uh, three losses in championship yeah. in 99 days. Right. It's been a hu- is that tough, what it is? Tough yeah. hundred days to be a Philly fan. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Tough stuff. That, and, and, and you know, none tougher than that last one, obviously. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. That's a big one. Great game. Great game. Right yeah. up until the end, and it's sort of it's just very frustrating. Because you'd like to see how it would have turned out. Um, you know, in reality, was was there a hold there? Yeah, probably. But in reality, is that a call that's usually made, especially that in that moment? That should not alter the outcome of the Super Bowl. Not game, at all. Yeah. Not at all. And you got to imagine the ref at that particular point. He's not doing the calculations in his head like, oh, if I do this, then yeah. your game's over. Sure. I'm sure as soon as he realized it, he was like, what did I just do? Yeah. You got to yeah. imagine there was that pit in his stomach. Of, um, and... and, and you know, you see, you see, you see Mahomes' point. That's a hold, and the ref's like, okay, yeah. And, and, MVP and makes a call, and then the sure. you know, ref decides to follow right. through yeah. with it. Right. And 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 yeah, it's just a, it's just a tough way to end it. I feel like those are two teams through the year, and I would and I said this a few different times before the game that both teams have shown the ability to win the game in the end, right? Like that's a, that's a, a unique right. characteristic that not every team has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and really, I think what it came down to who had the ball last yeah with more than you know four seconds right right so right. so philly gets the ball back you know do they win it do they blow it or at least at the very yeah. least high I mean, you gotta you gotta like to think they were gonna do something the clock was well coached at the end of the game of course yeah I mean, totally you know. ironically right from yeah. andy Reedwin. right <laughs> as a philly fan like oh yeah. he's everybody's got major complaint yeah. right and all of a sudden now he's got it right yeah he did a good job yeah um you know maybe just briefly it'd be interesting to talk about the miraculous recovery that Mahomes made after his Unreal. Uh, his first half yeah, injury. That, that did not look good at first. Yeah. And what may have they been must involved have some amazing that. tape in the recovery room. Serious tape. There the, yeah. All kinds tape, of thick tape. tape yeah, loaded with medications tape, and stuff. Loaded that with kind? medications and salves. <laughs> and salves. Just soaked it in <laughs> ibuprofen water. <And> salves. <laughs> um, somebody sent me a fake news, uh, you know, uh, alert you know mm-hmm. Mahomes tested positive for performance enhancing drugs and after yeah you know and no wonder his, his ankle got better unfortunately that was fake news but fake news yeah it's, it's interesting it'd be interesting to know what, what did they kind do? of treatments what they, it took. they gave him you know it's uh when we when we used to cover the soul mm-hmm. we had uh, a bit of a throwback from maybe the old days and, and you know athletes would come to us all the time and say hey can you inject this can you inject right. that and put this there do it. and we didn't do it and, and you know we tried to take the high road with that because those are not standard of care you know, kind of, kind of treatments for some of the acute injuries they have, but it happens. Right. Yeah. For and sure. A lot more on the line. Super that, Bowl. For sure. Yeah. Right. It's, I feel like I run into that sometimes when I'm talking <clears throat> injury plan, you know, treatment plans or whatever. It's like, well, if this is like the world championship game, then maybe we take this a little differently. But I mean, if you're in the Super Bowl, then yeah, you try everything you can to keep your MVP in the game, right? Of course. Right. 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 And in reality, right. So I think that was also, and clearly that was exacerbation of of a existing injury correct sometimes it's just that jolt that Mm -hmm. moment and it just so happened that it was right before the half 
And of course, then there's the Super Bowl, so it's a halftime show, and you get a little extra time. And yeah, they probably added, uh, you know, maybe a shot here or something or other to, to, yeah. to ease it a little bit for him. But nonetheless, you know, it wasn't the full-on injury. It wasn't like the first time, like, right. like when he actually, you know, sustained yeah. the injury. Where like it's gonna take a little more time to bounce back. It was right. just a tweak of the injury. Right. And you like to think they could tape it, inject it, whatnot, get you good enough. You just right. have one half left. And, and it's almost you can kind did. of you can even argue like it's almost in a way almost better that he just re-aggravated that and then he's kind of been dealing with it versus like if he did the other side or something. And right. He had a new problem. Brand new injury. Brand yeah. new injury. Maybe he's not coming different. back from that. Right. Yeah. 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 But it was impressive. And and you gotta hand it to him. They're a great team. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know. I mean it, it was it's what you what you want in like the in the best show of the best game of the year, right? Yeah. The number one seeds going at each other, right? All the little stories, the Kelsey Ball, Andy Reid, Eagles, all that stuff. I mean, tons. It's great entertainment, right? Yeah. Little shout out to uh, Pacheco, yeah. right? Vine then, boy, that's yeah. right. Then we got our ho- hometown looking hero good, a little man. bit. Yeah, looking really good. Running like an animal, like a straight beast. Right. Kid, kid's good. For really sure. good. Tough kid. Without the question. Best. Shout out to this. Uh, I'm really excited that we finally have the barrel aged. Uh, oh yeah, 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 exactly. Straight out of Belgium. Straight out of Belgium. So we, we, we tried this one with Frank out of out of the out of the tanks. And at that point I I like to think maybe we had a little bit of influence. At, we tried it and he was talking about adding like some cherries and doing some other stuff. And um, talked him out of it. I was like, you know, it's really freaking it's really good, good as <laughs> is. Really good as and, is. And, and finally it's on tap. It is spectacular. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. 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 I'm trying well the easy IPA. XRP. Pretty good. Really good. Actually. I shouldn't say pretty good. I don't know why, but since we've been doing the show, I've been getting a big fan of sours, and I love all the sours here. And I'm, I'm a drink, fan too. My show, my show drink tonight is the Hawaiian noises, a little tropical sour, so nice. good. Nice. I think as as it gets a little warmer, I start to head back down that pathway. Yeah, and me the too. Winter kind of go a little darker. And yep. Yeah, makes sense. Nice. Yeah. So we kind of did our quick Super Bowl recap. That's not why we're here, though. There's not, unfortunately, right? Not, not many big injuries, at least that we know of, came off of it. I mean, there's sure a bunch of people. I would say fortunately, not unfortunately, yeah. right? <laughs> um, you know, with for, the turf the way it was, I'm surprised yeah. it wasn't. That more. was ridiculous. Yeah, so that was pretty fix crazy. That. Right. Yeah, that's that's a hot topic right now. The turf and the grass. Yeah, it's weird. A little slippery surface. A lot of paint. They they were talking about the amount of paint that they used was a lot higher than. Usually. And the Vaseline that they put in the paint before they put it on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the extra greasy paint. Right, 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 right. Um, but so that that does cap the NFL season for us for injuries that we're gonna have coming off. You know, we have all the stuff off season that we can maybe cover later. Yeah. But we're shifting the gears a little bit. On the March Madness. No, yeah. no, no. Sorry. Almost. We're, we're Almost. Going close. We're gonna go to basketball. Yeah. And uh, we're gonna shift our gears to the NBA and talk about one of the marquee guys in the NBA, Steph Curry who recently just injured his leg. And um, it's funny, when this kind of came out, Dr. Frey and I, like we always do, any major injury, we text each other that night, whatever time it is, we're talking about right. this stuff. Steph Curry took an awkward knee to his outside of his leg. <clears throat> kind of he was uh, on defense, <clears throat> excuse me, doing a like a lateral shuffle, and the guy driving the lane hit his outside of his leg. And he kind of runs past off the court. He's jumping on it, jumping on it, and he hobbles his way off. And it's like... That's weird. Strange injury. Strange injury. Just took a knee to the leg. You see it all the time. It's like, oh, maybe he'll just shake it off. Didn't really shake it off. Didn't go back in. As, you know, luxury of the NBA got an MRI that night. And he got injured on, I think it was uh, February 4th. The 4th, yeah. And then yeah, yeah. so that night or early on the 5th, they reported that his uh, MRI revealed that he has some partial tears to his superior tibiofibular ligaments and interosseous membrane and a contusion to his lower leg. So what do we think of that? And let's wrap. It's <laughs> <laughs> a can of worms. Right. That's, that's a, a big one. It's a different one. It's interesting. I don't know. What are your thoughts, Brad? 
if we had to kind of start to characterize these is so contusion, and we've talked about that a mm -hmm. lot. A contusion of a lower leg is kind of nonspecific, not mm -hmm. really something we'd be concerned about. That right. makes sense with a direct blow. The sprain of the ligaments at the proximal tib-fib joint is the, is the kind of the thing that we're really here to talk about. Right. It's what a, the hell is that? Yeah, it's a, it's a rare, so there's two bones in the lower leg, the tibia, which is the big shin bone, and then the fibula, which is a smaller non-weight-bearing bone on the outside. And there's joints uh, above and below at the ankle and the knee that help to kind of hold those bones together mm -hmm. and maintain the relationship. There's a little bit of motion in those joints. So it allows for some, you know, dynamic movement between the bones of the leg as you, as you do things in sports or mm -hmm. everyday life. So one of the things that we sometimes will see is something called instability of the proximal tib-fib joint. So there's ligaments that hold those bones together. Um, ligaments basically like ropes that hold our bones together and, mm -hmm. and they can be injured in different mechanisms. The typical mechanism is not what happened to Steph Curry, which right. is one of the first weird things that we see. It's not right. usually a direct blow. Mm -hmm. It's usually kind of a twisting injury with a bent knee right. that causes you know the, the injuries. And, and there can actually be a dislocation, mm -hmm. which means that that joint shifts out of place and can stay out of place unless it's popped back and in. And that can be devastating, right? Yeah, that can be, so there's different, there's a classification system that uh, probably none of us ever used before this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because I can tell you, I've never seen this in practice. Yeah. Um, I maybe in my Pretty practice unusual. saw one very mild instability of the tip-fib joint. We treated it conservatively. Maybe, I said one, maybe two, that kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't a high level athlete. So they were able to, you know, kind of treat it. We didn't have to do leave any it surgery. Alone. Yeah. You don't, alone. you don't want the fix to be worse than the problem. Right, right. And it was not a dislocation. It was just what we call subluxation or instability. So, but you can have actual dislocations from, from traumatic injuries. Most of them happen in young men um, and most of them are sports related. One type, subtype is, is severe high energy trauma, but right. very rare. The most common subtype is, is an anterior lateral dislocation mm -hmm. of the proximal tib-fib joint. So that basically the fibula, the small bone pops forward and, and kind of out and away from, from the bigger shin bone. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it can get stuck there. Right. And that right. usually results in torn ligaments. And uh, and there's a whole treatment algorithm right. for that. Do you, do you think that... Uh, I don't think that's what he had. Yeah, you don't think Steph's injury was an actual dislocation. Right. You think it was more... Um, it seems like it's just a low-grade, you know... sprain? Yeah, you know, yeah, which yeah. is basically a, a, a partial tear of, of the fibers of the ligament and, right. but it didn't dislocate, didn't tear completely, which would yeah. be high grade. And, you know, reality is, you know, I know they're talking about several weeks, you know, mm -hmm. post all-star, you know. I, well, the all-stars, that's next it's week. this weekend. Or, or this weekend. It's coming up, yeah, yeah. I think it's the following, is it the President's Day weekend? I yeah, thought yeah. it was, so, so oh no, it's, it's, it's this, this weekend. weekend, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so, <laughs> Sorry. you know, originally they said, you know, maybe all-star weekend yeah. then they said post and now they're saying yeah. maybe a couple weeks after right. that would have been my guess yeah because i think just, initially they were like well he's going to get reevaluated all-star weekend and then i think it was ironically today they came yeah. out and he did a post uh, press conference or whatever and he goes he's definitely not playing against the lakers and that's the on the 23rd okay. of this month so that's you know that's gives them another that's about, post that's that that's, post that's the first game after the all-star break right, right. so that's yeah. about nine days from when we're recording today yeah so and that's well, about that three makes, weeks from that makes sense. Injury. I mean, you right. know, if, you, if you look at a low grade sprain, they can take three to six weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is a weird joint, right? I so, think that's the biggest part of this. Like, like, like it's people. It, are being there's a little bit of a guessing game yeah, here, and I think sure. you're going to be pretty conservative about it because it's it's you know not that it's unprecedented, but it's just kind of rarely seen, and you don't want to mm -hmm. you don't want to lead to something that's going to be a continuous problem, an yeah. ongoing issue. And this could be that. 
Right. This can this can go on to be one of these kind of nagging long-term issues that make him less than what he's been to date. Right. And I don't think anybody on the medical staff um, wants to be the one to be responsible for that. And right. so if they have to keep him out another couple games, it still hurts, yeah. but it's not as bad as him never being the, the same player. And especially after some of the high profile, you know, re- re- recent medical news. legal, you know, <laughs> things right. going on with pro sports. Right. Um, we whether, whether, whether we believe it's warranted or yeah, not. Yeah, we won't get into that. Yeah. So, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange injury. Um, I absolutely don't think this is going to be anything that's going to require treatment more than just conservative. But we can talk about what are some of the things that could have happened if it was a, a full on yeah, so dislocation. Yeah, a full on dislocation is, you know, treated. It's an immediate, what we call close reduction attempt. Um, mm-hmm. So this is something where, you know, you'd have to likely go to a hospital setting, right? Um, have some kind of um, sedation. Yeah. Definitely pain management. Get them to relax enough that right. you can actually manipulate those bones back is, into is their original position. Is there a particular position. maneuver, something that gives you the, a better chance of what position you're yeah. holding the knee and when you're trying to. Yeah, get- generally, you want to flex the knee. Um, so when you flex the knee, it takes away the supporting stabilization of the um, LCL mm-hmm. and the, and the one of the hamstring tendons mm-hmm. that it kind of attached to that, right. that fibula. So it lets those relax and then it helps you to be able to manipulate that bone back in place. So usually a bent knee, there's some controversy as to whether or not you need to put the ankle in a certain position, but generally right. a bent knee. Like, like uh, 90 degrees ish kind of bent? Yeah. Or? 90 degrees ish kind of bent. Okay. And then um, just literally a, a, a push backwards. Mm-hmm. We're going to, we're going to, go with the you know 85% likelihood of, of this being an interlateral dislocation. Right. And there's usually a pretty you know for the medical professionals out there when you dislocate and, and that's what this part is about. And right? and you have a and you have a you know a reduction attempt, there's usually a pretty satisfying clunk mm-hmm. back in place. People actually feel better after it happens. Like a shoulder. Yeah, like a shoulder, right. which is most common. Um, we see it in ankles and fingers and things like that. And generally there's a lot of discomfort and apprehension prior to putting it back in place. But then when you get it back in place, people feel great. There are a percentage of people, and I can't quote you the percentage. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember of people who don't. It doesn't go back in. It doesn't click back in place. Mm. And then in that case, you have to do what's called an open reduction, right. where you actually have to make an incision. That becomes a little bit more hairy because really close to where this joint is, there's a big nerve. Oh uh, man, we don't like that. Nerve, yeah. And that nerve is responsible for basically all the ankle and toe dorsiflexures. Basically, so in order to be able to kind of pull your foot and ankle up towards the sky when you go to take a, you know, when you go to walk Mm -hmm. to be able to clear the ground, those muscles have to be controlled by that nerve. If that nerve's damaged, whether it be from the injury or from your attempt to do a surgery to get everything back in place, um, that can be really bad news and very disabling for For sure. Yeah. The, um, you know, I think the most common version of this, like you said, is sort of the anterior lateral dislocation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that that nerve injury is more common with the posterior, posterior yeah. medial disorder. Yeah, because that's where the nerve wraps that's around. Where it lives. It, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And so, the so then it gets dinged on the on the way around. And it's it, so even if it gets if it gets dinged but not torn, it's 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 still scary, right? Because then the nerve is out and it's not awake, and you, you right. got to worry. And usually it'll wake up, but not not every single time. Yeah, nerves take a long time to wake up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so that sure. can be scary. So you know. I, I kind of agree with everything you were just saying. I think it's pretty unlikely that this was a full-on dislocation. I think I think his timetable may have been slower. Mm-hmm. Maybe there would have been a surgery right off the bat. And then, thank God, right? Like, like there's no there's yeah. no nerve complication. There's no motor function deficit or anything like that yeah. uh, associated with this particular injury. Yeah. 
And, you know, with these weird injuries like this, I always worry a little bit too about, you know, again, we always say we're not the treating physicians. I always worry about the accuracy of the diagnosis. Sure. You know, spraying of the proximal tip-fib joint, then interosseous membrane Membrane. injury, you know. But that, that would lead you to believe that maybe there was some level of subluxation, right? So yeah, what, what, what does the interosseous membrane Yeah, it do? basically helps to stabilize those two bones that we talked about, the, tib- right. the tibia and the fibula. And it, it's a big kind of strong membrane between the two. And whenever there's enough of a shift between those bones, it's usually a rotational type of shift. Right. That tissue can be damaged. Right. Um, that's one of the structures that we see that's injured in a high ankle sprain. Yeah. Right. Um, and that's just down at the other end. the ankle. It's right. at the other end of, the, of, the, of that relationship with those bones. But... Yeah, so that that means that some you know, something happened, right? There and was some movement there, right? Right. Yeah, so I always worry about that. You know, I kind of sometimes I get a flashback to the original Wentz diagnosis. Of, right. You know, <laughs> you know, and they tell you one thing, and then it drags out, and then all of a sudden right. you see a scar on his leg, and you realize, hey, that wasn't what we thought it was. Yeah, there's a lot more going on there. And then right? they never come back. The same. And then they keep jumping teams, not oh, doing so well, yeah. and maybe not succeeding at each stop. Yeah. Or... Right. Yeah, but I mean, you would hope, like we said, like Steph Curry does bounce back from this and that it's not something serious. But, yeah. you know, like we said, that nerve, then the nerve injury and stuff like that, drop foot and things is pretty, pretty scary. And even, I, w- I mean, what are your thoughts on, would you agree that a bad enough contusion could kind of even, you know, if you if he got hit right in the right spot with a knee from someone who's full on sprinting at him, right? Absolutely. Like, it could be causing some of those, like, mixed signals of symptoms and different things like that. But, again, NBA player, he got the MRI within hours. So, like... The diagnosis should be at least, at least know what they're looking at. They're not like kind of playing the guessing game. And we don't know that he had a drop foot. And, and I'm actually assuming right. that he didn't. Right. right. I, yeah. I think the, I think, the timetable that they framed for us would have been longer, right from the get go, if there was some neurological right. problem. However, if if there was, or just like you're saying, that nerve, that common perineal nerve, that kind of wraps around mm-hmm. the neck, right below the head of the fibula, the little, the little bone in the leg on the outside there. It's pretty superficial. Yeah. And so if you were to take an, uh, take a hit just, you know, directly, you know, at the, the exact right or wrong place, depending right. on how you're thinking about it, that direct hit could be enough to cause, you know, contusion or stretch or injury to the nerve. Right. And that could be enough to knock it out for a little right. while. Yeah. And yeah, if so, that happens, yeah. it, there's no, like, sometimes it's back in the day and sometimes it's back in three weeks and sometimes it's back in three months. Like, like... All of a sudden, the, that, the that, winning game begins. Yeah, for any UFC fans, uh, that's that's a target for leg kicks. Oh, yeah. oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's a pretty easy place to kick. And if you target that spot, you can right. see guys progressively lose function of their, of their dorsiflexor muscles. Oh, yeah. And they effectively have a drop Unbelievable. foot. Unbelievable. And, and they, they hobble can't, around the they ring. They hobble around. They can't, they're not mobile. They can't they sprawl. And they and it ends up affecting their ability to fight. Yeah. Yeah. Any bit, you guys watch UFC at all? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. This weekend, big... Well, this past weekend was great fights. Yeah, the number number one, number two pound for pound guys went at it. It was crazy, crazy I fight. I, I love it. We should do some UFC. I know. I got to find some yeah. good ones. Got to yeah, find some good find UFC ones. Yeah. We, way back when we did, Chris Weidman was one of our first. Oh yeah. ones. When, uh, yeah, yeah, when he, yeah. When he did oh, yeah. the tip fib fracture. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Haydell. That was that was, that was yeah. a good show. It was a good show. But no, and I think I thought you were saying we should do some UFC. Like we have we have whole total turf back yeah, there. Yeah, let's do it. We can do we that too. Field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do host jujitsu tournaments. They do host. Here. Oh really? They yeah. do. They do have them sometimes. Yeah. They do it all here at the total turf. You can find anything here. But um, you know the the drop foot thing, like you were saying, the superficial the superficial um, nerve is like a thing that, as an athletic training student, you tell people if you're wrapping ice on anywhere on the lateral leg, 
like if you wrap it too long, you, you got to tell them. I warn everybody. If you feel any tingling, any you take that yeah, thing right off right away. Good. And I think there's there's a story. I don't know the pro athlete, but he fell asleep with ice bag an ice bag on his leg, and had developed drop foot, and it ruined his career. Oh God! And I, I forget who. And, and it's a true story of some someone he like his career completely altered because he you know after treatment one day just had a bag of ice, tired from doing whatever whichever sport it was, took a little snooze, woke up, couldn't feel his foot, had his drop foot, and had like. Completely career-altering. Yeah. Didn't return back at all. So that's terrible. Seriously, holy cow! Yeah. What What are some of the other injuries, or some of the other things that this this injury? Assuming they got it right, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you know, there's a li- little questionable, like yeah. like such a weird one. Are you sure that's really what it is? But what were some of the other things that it could potentially be? Yeah. Not a tib fib sprain subluxation dislocation that would potentially get mixed up for this for that injury yeah i mean there's a whole lot of stuff in that in that lateral side of the knee right um so you know the most common things you're going to confuse this with would be a lateral meniscus tear yeah i think that's the first one that comes uh, to mind we call poster lateral corner injury so of of probably some grade you know probably a lower grade that man yeah so I, did we, did, I think we did a we did do, yeah. But, so mm-hmm. the lateral collateral ligament attaches right on the fibular head that we just talked about. So it spans that whole zone. It actually kind of covers the the ligaments that stabilize the proximal tip fib joint. So the lateral collateral ligament stabilizes the actual knee joint, whereas these tip fib ligaments only stabilize that small joint between right. the tibia and fibula. Right. So that's a, a common you know injury that can be missed. Uh, popteus tendon injury, which is that posterior lateral corner. A little easier to distinguish, but but could yeah. be, right, yeah. right, right, for sure. So I think, you know, all these things, there's a lot of stuff packed in that outside corner, and that's where I think a really good exam comes in. Mm-hmm. We always say, te- you know, treat the patient, not the picture. Right. So I think you got to be really careful about not just looking at an x-ray or specifically in this case, an MRI and, and saying, oh, that's the diagnosis because there's something that shows up with a little mm-hmm. inflammation. You have to really correlate that. With the exam, do good functional Or even tests. less, the MRI report. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No comment. I don't, yeah. We don't want to make. Yeah. Yeah. We'll stop Fair enough. We'll stop no, I, I agree. You yeah. got to treat the treat the athlete yeah. and the patient, not yeah. not the picture. Yeah. So I think uh, exam's critical. Repeat the exam. I think that's critical. We'll see what the trends like. The exam for this is going to be pretty specific. Again, flex the knee. Um, mm-hmm. Do kind of a manipulation of the proximal tib fib joint. Um, if there's any instability, that you appreciate versus the opposite side, which is really helpful in this case. You always examine the opposite side, assuming that has no injury. That is gonna be uh, an important finding. And you always ask them, does this reproduce your symptoms? Mm-hmm. So just because you find a little looseness there, if they say, yeah, no, it's always been like that, that's not what bothers me. Right. Um, that's, I think that's important. So you, know, you can't make any assumptions when you're doing an exam. If an x-ray looks normal, but you have a suspicion for this, what, what, where, do, where are you going test-wise after that? Yeah, so it, it's an interesting question. So they clearly got an MRI with him and found inflammation in these ligaments, which suggests that there's a sprain. But for, for true instability or, or dislocation, a CAT scan is probably a, um, an important test to get. We don't get a lot Agreed. of CAT scans yeah. in, in sports. We usually get MRIs because we're looking for soft tissue injuries. But there are but, certain instances when yeah. the CAT scan is the right one. Yeah, and that's, that's in this case, that's one of them that you want to get to make sure that relationship's um, anatomic. If it's anatomic... If, if the bones are lined up well and you just have some partial tearing of the ligaments, then you can treat that conservatively. Right. right. So that's why, in this case, the CAT scan is important. I think in a guy like Steph Curry, he's going to get every single test under the sun. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, you know, so he may have gotten both. Uh, now, probably say, not. Maybe he just got yeah. the MRI based because it's not, it wasn't dislocated. When you say conservatively, uh, you know, I'm going to kind of fill in the gaps there. Some relative rest, maybe some taping, some... Uh, 
Maybe you get them off it. Maybe you don't. Weight wise, it, do you bear a lot of weight through the through the fibula? Like, no. Th- yeah. No. Eighty twenty. Eighty twenty. That's yeah. the standard answer. Right? Yeah. Twenty percent right. through the fibula. Right. Eighty percent through the tibia. But let's say that isn't working. Well, let's say that's not the right answer. And let's say you can't go conservative route. What what are what are some of the other options here? So, with him, okay. So let's say he has actual instability. Right. So historically, there's been a couple options for instability. Um, one of those options was to do something called um, a joint fusion and arthrodesis. Um, so basically, what you do is you do a surgical approach to the joint. There is cartilage in that joint. Cartilage basically lines our, our mobile joints and gives a nice smooth surface for gliding. So you actually remove all that and you actually create a, a bloody bleeding surface of bone on both sides and you put some kind of please me yeah right <laughs> yeah let's sign up for that and you put some kind of screw or fixation device across it yeah. so that the bone can actually bond to itself so now you don't have a joint there anymore and you have a fused bone mm. so bone effectively right now, across the two yeah so it, as as anyone you know in, in orthopedics or you know any musculoskeletal treatment world knows if you fuse a joint you take away the motion of that joint the joints above and below or adjacent are going to start to do extra work. Yep. They're going to pay the price, and those generally end up having problems. So there's a lot of studies showing that if you do a joint fusion at the proximal tip-fib joint, that you end up with problems at the ankle right. because that's the other end of the joint. Yep. And so that side now has to compensate for that lack of motion up top. So that's actually not considered a great option. Right. You know, another option is a fibular head resection where you literally remove the upper yeah. part of the fibula. You know, I was looking at it, I was like, like it makes sense. It seems dramatic. Man. Seems dramatic. Right. I worry about what happens to that nerve right. up top. It's Very not gonna careful the about that one. Yeah. yeah, and outcomes aren't great with that either. Again, nobody has a lot of. There isn't like a huge body of. I can't imagine this happening in a lot of athletes. No, for sure. Right. So I, I think the standard of care has really been if it's in an acute setting and you have to do a reduction and you still feel like it's unstable. You're going to want to put some kind of fixation device in for at least a period of time. You know, historically, it's been a, a, a pin right. that you can remove after a period of five or six weeks. Sure. Um, there's some new devices now. Steve and I are talking about um, something called a tightrope that, you know, we can put in. You're welcome that, again, that's, Arthrex. Yeah, that <laughs> stays in and allows a little bit of motion, which is a little bit more physiologic, but um, doesn't have to be taken out later. doesn't have the same risk for infection because it's not exiting the skin. Right. Uh, things like that. If it's a chronic condition where there's instability, there's actually procedures now that have pretty good outcomes where you can actually do a uh, kind of a ligament reconstruction. Mm-hmm. And you can, there's a couple different techniques. I don't know that one's better than the other. One is right. basically where you take part of the hamstring tendon and you kind of weave it through some bone tunnels between the tibia and the fibula. Another one has a similar procedure where you do it with a part of the IT band on the outside part of the knee. So you're taking native tissue that's already kind of existing there you're borrowing a little sleeve of that tissue and you're weaving it through Mm. to create some additional stability so there's not as much motion. And those actually have a pretty good outcomes. I would think, I've never done one. I probably never will. I don't think you will. I mean, we have a pretty high volume sports practice in our group. I don't know that any of us have ever had to do that. I think it would be pretty rare occasion. Sometimes you'll see some of that stuff, right? Like posterior lateral corner, pretty severe injury. And, you know, there there are different techniques to, 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 to reconstructing that posterior lateral corner depending on what's involved and whatnot. So you can kind of see it a little bit maybe there. What's the advantage when you said chronic one? And I'm probably getting in the weeds here. We're probably getting a little too detailed for the average listener. But maybe for, for some of the, because it's such a sort of unique topic. Yeah, like it's so right. far, it's an unusual topic that 
most people are never really going to see, care, or even. You know, I mean, if you think about, about it, right? Between the three of us, we have over thousands of athlete yeah, exposures, yeah, and never, I think we've yeah, seen it once or twice, maybe once or twice, right? Yeah, right at best. But but so as, so getting into the weeds for for the for the rare random individual who really really cares about this, the healthcare <laughs> provider. What's the advantage of then? Like you said, well, if it's been chronic. Instead of doing the doing the doing the repair, you do a reconstruction. Why, why is the reconstruction better in that scenario? Yeah, so I think that's a great that's a great question because I think it it has bearing on a lot of other injuries that we see, a lot of other chronic ligament injuries where there's some instability. We applied the same philosophy. Yeah, the same philosophy. So acute injury, you have a tear of a ligament. Your body has an acute inflammation response. Inflammation is a really critical part of healing. Mm-hmm. And your body's kind of primed to try to scar in and heal things and wants to pull things back together. So if you can get a joint to line up well and make it stable mm-hmm. so that you know there's not too much excessive motion, in an acute injury, the body can a lot of times heal those ligaments and allow that joint to be stable long term. stay right there where you put stay it. Stay right where you put it, if it's in the right spot. Right. When you have a failure of that initial healing, mm-hmm. and now there's instability. So let's say that joint, instead of it being stable when you're healing, it's moving around when it's healing. So yeah. something, you know, patient was too active, they were walking on it, maybe they never went to a doctor, maybe the doctor didn't tell them to limit themselves because they missed it, which is not uncommon with this injury. Or it just didn't fully heal. Yeah, or the doctor missed it, didn't tell them, you know, <laughs> they went somewhere other than reconstructive. <laughs> so, you know, and so now there's motion at this joint, the body kind of, it's gone through its healing process and now it doesn't have any trigger to kind of stimulate a healing response. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of cases where there's been attempts to substitute a ligament injury with a synthetic device, whether it be suture. Um, there was even some studies at one point that looked at Gore-Tex. Gore-Tex, right, right, um, right. Um, I know when I was at UConn, they were looking at spider silk. They actually had spiders Seriously? in the lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, would, I used to go up there and try to get bit by one, thinking maybe Spider-Man. that would be my origin story. <laughs> the superhero powers, but it right. didn't, didn't work. Turned out just being yourself yeah, was just, enough. I'm just me. I lost my hair. I'm bald now. Anyway, so what happens is when you have chronic injuries, you've lost the ability to, for the body to heal, and then you still have an unstable joint, the thing that we found works the best is to stabilize the joint and augment that or help it to kind of stay there with tissue, biological Mm -hmm. tissue. Collagen. Collagen. So, and you know, evolution's done a great job of creating an option to help kind of stabilize joints. And and so we can use these native Mm -hmm. tissues that we talked about. So part of the biceps femoris tendon, which is one of the hamstrings, Mm -hmm. it's not in the arm, it's in the the leg, Uh, part of the IT band. Um, There's something called fascia that's down around the leg that you can also use to weave in. And those things actually heal in. And once they're kind of stimulated after they've healed, they start to act like ligaments. They they actually remodel themselves to act like ligaments. Pretty amazing. Yeah, it's really amazing. But if you don't put that graft in there or if you don't put that native tissue in there, you'll never be able to get that same stability. So that's kind of the thought process with chronic versus acute um, injuries to joints. And just applying what we know to, to you know to other joints where we do this, is there a certain amount of time in which which you sort of turn over from that that acute phase where you can still get sort of that acute healing where the repair just hold it in place for long enough for for it to heal on its own um, turns into sort of this well it's kind of a chronic injury yeah now. you got to add some collagen and a graft yeah I mean most of us try to treat the acute phase as like a six 
maybe eight week. Yeah, kind of, kind of the window. I would when you start getting that. past three months, you start you start losing some right. of that, you know, that acute inflammatory healing potential. Uh, potential, yeah, and then you're left with potential, you know, instability chronically. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. That's a good. That's a good question. Right. I think it's important to know. And yeah, it is. We are getting into the weeds on that, but hopefully, if there's medical professionals listening, and to holds this, true with AC yeah, joints. Yeah, holds AC true with joints. The, yeah, exactly. What I was right. a bunch yeah. of other ones. Yeah. yeah. With that too is like obviously with the healing fate or the healing ability of the body to not work after that certain point. I mean, the athlete themselves dealing with this for so long, you know, their mental aspect of that yeah. is going to be altered and all the other things like that. Question for you, Brad. So, being that you know the tibia and the fibula are at both the knee and the ankle, Steph Curry's a guy who's got ankle problems as well noted the all the time, thing, right? Do you think there's any? causality of like since because he has unstable ankles that yeah this this joint was probably more loose than it was and someone who doesn't have a history of ankle sprains like he does who gets hit in the same spot probably doesn't have the same issue yeah so again you know um if one joint's compromised right. the joints adjacent start to um, you know compensate for it so i don't know a lot about what his specific ankle right, yeah. injuries are but let's say he had a high ankle sprain in yeah. the past or he's had chronic you know um ankle issues where the bones uh, at the ankle that we're talking about mm -hmm. the same bones at the, at the knee. If those bones are having an issue at the ankle, maybe they're chronically unstable. Maybe there's some issues there. Yeah, the ones up top are now gonna start to do overtime. Right. And it may just take a little bit of additional push from an external stress, like a, a knee right. to, the, to, yeah. you know, to the leg to, to let that um, cause an injury. So yeah, you know, I think that's a really important point because um, it's, it's really easy to have a patient come in and say, yeah, my knee hurts. You look at their knee, you diagnose them with whatever, and then you, whether by surgical or other means, let it heal on its own, you treat that. But if you don't step back and look at the patient more holistically and look mm -hmm. at their you know, adjacent joints, look at their overall kind of body alignment and their strength right. and look at things that may affect them in other places, then you're never gonna be able to prevent that from potentially happening again. You're just, right. you're just basically making that problem better but you're not helping them to prevent further right i give you a lot of credit for this further. too I, I see i see you doing this a lot especially with like some of the patellofemoral stuff and sort of the genesis of the yeah of the energy lab yeah, the energy lab. that's the, really the what the energy thing. lab right. yeah right, came, right. came about from because we didn't have a, a good resource for trying to help those patients adjust all those other deficiencies so you know I, i'm as a as knee and shoulder guy you know routinely when somebody comes in for a knee problem we're sending them through therapy for their hip. Right, right. Because their their hip deficits are what allowing their knee to get into a compromised mm -hmm. position. And the knee can only do so much if the other joints aren't helping. It's funny, yeah, lots of times when, if, if someone has some, you know, patellar tracking issues and patellofemoral type issues, and I send someone to physical therapy, the first question I ask is like, are they working on your hips in therapy? Bingo, yeah. It's yeah. the first question I ask every yeah. single time, because I know it's, it's a big component. And I even, I even, prep patients before I send them. Right. I said, look, we're sending you for PT. I know your knee's hurting, but they're going to work your hips. Right. So don't think that they're, you know, you're sent for the wrong right. program. Right. All right. So yeah. This is a big part yeah of I think this education program. and buy-in is important. It's all connected, right? It's all, yeah. you know, kinetic chain, man. The hip bones connected over to and the and knee. Over and over exactly. Again. Yeah. My kids taught me that. <laughs> <laughs> this is smart kids. Um, and should we, I think we should, um, we'd be remiss if we didn't give a little shout out to the wives. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! It's uh, Valentine's, it Valentine's Day, Day. <laughs> on recording day. Yeah, yeah. three yeah. of us night. knuckleheads yeah. are sitting here yeah. having yeah. a beer, yeah. talking yeah. about rare knee injuries, yeah. and our wives have allowed us to come out. So thank you, Marianne. Yeah. Thank you, Deborah. Melissa, thank you so much. All right. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, she was psyched when I said, "Yeah, no, yeah. We're, we're recording tomorrow night." Yeah, that was great. Yeah, right. <laughs> of course, right? What a what a That's great time to go, typical. right? But I think I think again, it's a it's a rare one. It, we covered the covered it the best we could yeah, from sure. what we have. It's, For sure, it's one that's out there, and and I think the when uh, I texted Dr. Frey, he was like, man, this is weird. And I was like, that's right. We, lo- we like weird. We like yeah, weird. We man, like weird, good. you know? Like, it's a good thing to get something a little different, a little We're off. 60 something episodes in, right? Like, yeah. we covered a lot of the common, the common stuff. stuff. So yeah. when the weird one comes up, it's, we gotta, you gotta jump on and it. And I think this one's important too, because we always talk about, uh, uh, you know, having a high index of suspicion for injuries. This has to be in your toolbox. Right, right. And so I think it's important that we're covering it because I think if you're an athletic trainer or physical therapist or an orthopedist or other musculoskeletal docs, you, you have to have at least an awareness that this exists. Because yeah. if you just, right. if you haven't seen this or read about it or treated it and somebody comes in with, you know, outside of their knee pain, so lateral knee pain, you, you may not consider right. whether it's, this it's is actual thing. Only, and it's just, really subtle, like on x-rays, right. very subtle cha- findings. Um, I think personally, this is one of those things you'd want to get an opposite knee X-ray four for comparison. To be able to compare. Absolutely. I mean, you could very easily miss this. Great suggestion. There's there's a lot of um, there's actually some suggestion that there's a couple different types of bone, what we call morphology, a couple um, subtypes of the way that the um, angle of the tip fib joint is, and mm-hmm. you can actually measure that on a lateral view. And so a high angle of of um, the fibular um, head basically mm-hmm. uh, corresponds with a higher risk of. Um, instability, so it gives you a little bit more of a higher, you know, high index of suspicion. And so I thought we were getting in the weeds before. Yeah, I know. I don't want to get. <laughs> but, but again, to go if it's not in your differential yeah, diagnosis, you gotta, go yeah. ahead. You probably wouldn't order that X-ray, right? right? You and know that's, what I mean? that's one of the benefits of being a specialist. You know, you, yeah. you kind of have a, you know, a, a long list of, of things that can happen, and you have to be, you know, looking for them and know what the tests are to. This one's a little deeper in the roll deck. Yeah, you got to get that. deep in the roll deck. <laughs> for sure. And I, and I think you consider the most common injuries first. For sure. But you just don't. Don't forget about the the, the right. odd one, the yeah. random one. Don't forget about. And then after you, one. after you learn about it a little bit, after right. you listen to this, then you'll see like eight in a row in the office. Yeah, yeah. You'll, yeah. everybody will have it. Next thing you know, I experienced that myself. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and we joke around about that, like it, on the opposite side of it, right? Like it, maybe it's seen you, you just haven't seen it. Right? Like it's yeah. walked in the it's walked in the office, guaranteed. It's been an injury. It's something that's probably been presented to you, and you just weren't thinking about it, and, and you chalked it up to something else right yeah it's not the big gross deformity right. the big dislocation that you're not going to see right away it's like oh maybe it was just part of the traumatic event of right. the big yeah. blow to the knee or this whatever this isn't a billboard right yeah this is a subtle yeah message yeah yeah so gentlemen i think that wraps us up for the night before we go ahead and close out our tabs we want to give a shout out to our sponsors reconstructive orthopedics with our eight locations and focus on you approach the energy lab the region's premier sports performance destination and center we have Neck of the Woods Brewing Company serving us up the cold sours, porters, Belgium specialties, everything under the sun. <laughs> so and good. So good. Tasty. And lastly, Timber Reel Productions to put this all together because uh, Dr. Frey and I aren't that technologically savvy to get this <laughs> this recording to you guys. You're Everyone getting there, have, though. Have, <laughs> everybody, have a great night. We'll see you next time. <laughs>